Happy Easter! Did you hear the good news? He is risen. It is an awesome day to celebrate, isn't it? And I'm so glad you're here with us this morning. I do have some announcements to share. I know this is already written in your calendars, but in case it's not, workday, next Saturday, April 11. I thought you'd be as excited as the Easter celebration. Come on, guys. This is a fun time to get together. I promise you, you get a lot of work done. It is at this campus next Saturday, 7 a.m. It only goes till noon. I know every one of you are probably bright and cheery in the morning, so you just want to hang out with friends at church, get some jobs done. We'll feed you with donuts, coffee. It really is a great morning to get a lot accomplished. So thank you in advance to those who are going to show up for that. Also, ladies, our annual spring luncheon coming May 2nd. Really excited about that. In two weeks, we'll start selling tickets for that. And I just encourage you, if you have friends in your life that that maybe don't come to church, these are opportunities to bring them to church, to get to know other believers. It's an easy way to do that. So I would encourage you to see me in a couple of weeks and come to that event. And if you're new this morning, I want to take this opportunity to welcome you. If you could just raise your hand, we have a packet of information for you. And in the back is a communication card. You could just fill that out and place it in the offering plate. That just lets us know how we can serve you. And we're so glad you're here with us this morning. And it is truly a day to celebrate. It's a beautiful day. Let's just worship the Lord. Thank you, Christine. I uh, ran across a book uh, this last week that I wasn't aware of before. And it was entitled, The Greatest Day in History. Intriguing. If you think what you think the greatest day in history was, mine is very different from this author. He thought the greatest day in history was the end of World War I, the 11th day, the 11th hour, the 11th month, when they, after a week of negotiation, they came to a treaty arrangement. And during that week of negotiation, 11,000 men died as they waited for that negotiation to come. And we were in World War II shortly thereafter. But 2015 years ago, there was the greatest day in history when the Creator Himself came down to dwell among His creation to restore a people and a world that had gone away. Let's stand and celebrate. The sun is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation. For in him all things were created, things in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or powers or rulers or authorities, all things have been created through him and for him. He is before all things, and in him all things hold together. And he is the head of the body, the church. He is the beginning and the firstborn from among the dead, so that in everything he might have the supremacy. For God was pleased to have all his fullness dwell in him and through him to reconcile to himself all things, whether things on earth or things in heaven, by making peace through his blood shed on the cross.
yourself to your neighbor and welcome him this morning in the name of the Lord. across a book just the other day, wasn't familiar with, uh, the author of it, Chris Hadfield was his name, um, it's called You Are Here, Around the World in 92 Minutes, and Chris Hadfield was the commander on the International Space Station, but he uh, took a camera, <laughs> and he took thousands of photos during his period. Uh, he was circling you know, the Earth, yeah, every 92 minutes he was going around the Earth another time. And I happened to catch an interview of him on the radio. And they were talking about a couple things that he learned from being up there that really struck me as being things that were from the Lord. And uh, one of them was there's a special room that they would go to uh, for viewing the Earth. And he said whenever they went into that room, no matter how many of them that were in there, there was just a hush because that window would look out had a world that he said looked like a Christmas ornament because it was so stunning, the colors. And the whole room would just go to a hush because of the sense of majesty and the sense of grace and the sense of privilege that they had. Uh, the other thing he said, he noticed um, he could start from uh, Winnipeg, Canada, and he could get to South Africa in 20 minutes. <laughs> and that had an effect on him because he began to see from a different perspective that we are all much more alike than we are different. In 20 minutes time, he could get all that distance and the civilizations that he saw were far more alike than they were different. And he said his time up there caused him to begin to speak about people using the term we. Instead of us and them, everything became we because he understood that we all came from the same the same creator. And it struck me that if he could be so changed, I mean, he was hoping that everyone would have a chance to go up because he was convinced that if you did that and came back to this earth, your life would be lived very differently. And I thought, if he can be changed just by looking at the creation, how much more we could be changed because we have the opportunity to know the creator who came and dwelt among us 
to bring us back to himself. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. To all who did receive him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. Because he rose from the dead, I can know that this is true. did not rise from the dead, we would not have access to go to him right now. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, just the thought of being able to come before you right now and speak to you and lay out our cares and our concerns and to worship you is because we have life. And we have life because Jesus Christ is risen from the grave. 
and he rose from the grave because he died for us. And he died for us because you so loved us that you sent him. Father, we are very grateful, very thankful for this gift of life through Jesus Christ. We thank you, Father, that you've given us the ability, the opportunity, the privilege to tell the whole world of the hope we have and the hope that is available to them. Thank you for using those who went down to Mexico with the high schoolers, those who stayed in our community with the junior hires, and those in satellite ministry who went to Las Vegas to share this good news, this living hope of a risen Savior. Father, it is an honor and a privilege to worship you, worship you with our lips, to worship you with our tithes and our offerings. It is what men who are alive do. Dead men cannot worship you. Dead men cannot love you. Thank you so much for loving us and sending your son. And it's in his name that we all pray. And God's people said, Amen.
the note on the presentation. Uh, feel free to join in and sing when you hit a song that you know. Uh, I won't have time to turn around and invite you, so just worship the Lord along with us. Hallelujah. He is risen. The three simple words, yet in those three words is the essence of the joy as we celebrate Easter and reaffirm the truth that he did not die in vain, but that he rose on the third day with power over death and hell and the grave. And when we say these three words, he is risen, we are both sharing our faith with fellow believers and proclaiming to a lost and dying world that he is the hope of our salvation and eternal life. Today, hope is risen. Second chances are risen. Even the peace that we've always longed for but have never truly known is risen. Because today we celebrate that Jesus Christ, our Lord, has risen. He is risen indeed. So Grace Community Church, let's rise and together lift up a loud voice of worship.
Hallelujah. Christ is risen. Lift up his name. He is risen indeed. in mercy have made us alive in Christ. It is by your grace that we are saved. possible could have made a way for both his justice to be satisfied and his mercy to be offered. Only he could make a place where both his love and his wrath could be poured out. It was impossible for all of us who are guilty of sin to be restored back to our father and his family. But God made the impossible possible at the cross. 
path run wild the penalty and grace are finally reconciled you have made a way the broken can be whole again at the And thank you for inviting those of us who are weary to come and lay our burdens down at the foot of the cross. 
For it is at the cross that we are reminded that by your death, the debt was paid. And through the power of the resurrection, you were raised to life for our salvation. Thank you, God, for the cross. As salvation's story was being written and God's plan was unfolding, Christ Jesus took on the nature of a servant and humbled himself by becoming obedient to death on a cross. Therefore, God exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name that is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee shall bow and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord, to the glory of the Father. shame and grief, a burden on his back, his broken body bleeds. Who else would choose to own the scorn and cruel path he follows? Rejected and despised, this lonely man of sorrow.
tired? Jesus wants to give you rest. Carrying a burden, a heavy burden in your heart, Jesus wants to carry that burden for you. It's time to stop thinking that you can settle your accounts with God on your own. You know deep down you can't do that. And don't think that you've gone too far that God can't possibly take you back. He loved you so much that he gave his son to pay for everything you did. Jesus paid it all. Come to him. He wants every part of you. Let him have it all.
Hallelujah. Lord, we praise you that by your grace our sins are gone and we can rest on your unfailing love. Thank you, Lord. Let's claim together Romans 8:38. For I am convinced that neither death nor life nor angels nor principalities nor things present nor things to come nor powers nor height nor depth nor any created thing will be able to separate us from the love of God which is in Christ Jesus our Lord.
praise you. Thank you for the life we have in your son, Jesus Christ, our risen Savior. Hallelujah. Through his steadfast love and his glorious resurrection, we have a living hope, a promise of eternal life. Today, we stand and proclaim that he is our risen Lord, our risen King, and our risen Savior. In the year I was born, Flannery O'Connor published a short story titled, A Good Man is Hard to Find. It's the story <coughs> of a family on a trip, and more importantly, the escaped convict, a ruthless killer, who takes them hostage. The old woman in the family, face to face with the misfit, as he was called, dares to talk to him about Jesus. This makes the misfit angry because he's angry at Jesus. He's angry at Jesus because he has doubts without physical evidence, proof of existence, and he resents the quandary of faith that he has wrestled with in his life. He's angry because he doesn't want to waste his life serving a figure like Jesus who may not exist, nor does he want to displease an almighty God who might exist. So when the old woman brings up Jesus, the misfit says this in anger, he thrown everything off balance. If he did what he said, then it's nothing for you to do but throw away everything and follow him. And if he didn't, then it's nothing for you to do but enjoy the few minutes you got left the best way you can. That's a blunt either-or. Then again, if Jesus did what he said, then rising from the dead throws everything off balance. 
the first disciples got the evidence the misfit wanted. They saw him with their eyes. They touched him with their hands. I was a misfit. I didn't get to see him with my eyes. I didn't get to touch him with my hands. And yet, like so many others of that generation, that first generation, without physical sight, without a physical touch, like them, the Apostle Paul, in his words, in one of his very first letters, I too turn from idols to serve the living God and await his Son from heaven, whom he raised from the dead. And you can too. Because he is not dead. He is not here at the empty tomb. He is risen. Some have to know in order to believe. And like the misfit, turn away and go back to enjoying the few minutes left the best they can. The alternative is to believe in order to know. That's my experience. And it's the experience of all second-generation followers of Jesus. In fact, there's a song that we sing. You ask me how I know he lives, and the answer is, he lives within my heart. And that's true for us, because we believe we believe that first generation that proclaimed what they saw with their eyes and touched with their hands, and we know because he lives. He lives within our hearts, and he can live within your heart as well because he lives. John Ortberg, in talking about this day, Resurrection Sunday, celebrated every year at this time. He wrote, people have not gathered for the past 2,000 years to say, the stock market has risen. It's risen indeed. They've not gathered to say, the dollar has risen. It has risen indeed. Or the employment rate has risen or the gross domestic product has risen, or General Motors has risen, the value of your 401k has risen. Well, I know we'd like to say that, but as Ortberg poignantly put it, the one hope that has held up human beings across every continent and culture for 2,000 years of difficult times, of poverty, disease, pain, hardship, and even death, the one hope is embodied in these words. 
Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. At the point of a gun, the old woman dared to talk to the misfit of Jesus. She risked it all because at that moment, following Jesus was worth it all. We're not at the point of a gun. But we don't have to be to realize the great truth of what God has done in Jesus Christ in conquering death, in offering us life, not just re-life, but life resurrected. Life, the very life of God. You can know it today. You don't have to wait until you're at the point of a gun to begin new life in Jesus Christ. You can do it right where you sit. You can do it today. And it'll change your life forever. You ask me how I know he lives? He lives within my heart. You can have that evidence. Believe that you might know the risen Christ. We're going to ask you to stand. We're going to sing a final song. I'm going to be up here along with other pastoral staff and elders or their wives. If you made that decision right where you stand, right in the privacy of your own heart and intimacy with the reality of the risen Christ, come, pray with me, let me know. If you have questions, let me answer them. Don't leave here like the misfit. If he did what he said, then there's nothing to do but throw it all away and follow him. Will you sing with us?
Amen. Happy Resurrection Sunday. If you want to come up for prayer or speak with us, please come up. Have a blessed day.